As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Whisperer, welcome back, mate. How are we? Good, mate. Good. How are we? All going well. All going well. Tell me, how'd you go in round five? Uh, bagged at a 12.40. Pretty happy with that, considering I had a couple of really poor options. Guys like Tino, for example. I did see a red arrow in the rankings, but we only dropped 132 spots. So that takes us to a season rank of 1,182. So still that top 1%, which is what I'm aiming for, but we obviously want to be pushing into that top 1,000. How'd you go? Mate, I did well, uh, 1,287. So I scored, uh, what, 30 more points than you this week. Um, I probably had a lucky week, though, to be honest with you. So a bit of humble pie there. I think I'm ranked, what am I now, 1,273. So if I can manage to get into that top 1,000, I'll tell you what, that would be massive based on my track record over the last few years. Very, very coincidental, mate, that you've done nothing. All of a sudden, you're in the top 1K, I say. Must have some dribbler helping me out, mate. (laughs) Mate, I must say, if you're uh, if you're getting red arrows this week and you're a hundred out of the uh, top thousand, you must be pretty happy with it. Yeah, I mean, I, it wasn't it wasn't a great week. I played Ryan James, obviously suffered the HIA. Played Tino, uh, didn't play Sam Walker, like just guys like that. That and I, I played Fergo, who got nothing until the end of the game. So like to to have a poor week and only go down a hundred spots, um, I'll definitely take it. But looking at uh, groups I'm a part of, like some elite groups, the guys are in that top 200, 300. I'm only. 100 points off them so it's still very very condensed and same for for the for the, the guys in 10k I'm, I'm only 100 points off the 10k so it's still very very condensed it's going to start uh spanning out a little bit more as the year goes on so we want to make sure we get into origin with some momentum mate uh one guy that you mentioned there was big tino and far out how hard is this script to read mate, i'm um i don't know it's it's weird like he didn't play less minutes he didn't play a different role or anything he just i don't know, just didn't seem to get involved it was a game where 
Uh, like obviously David Fafita dominated and it was a high scoring affair. So obviously the outside back scored well, Corey Thompson, Brian Kelly, the likes. So maybe it wasn't one of those middle forward games. So that's what I'm hoping for. Mate, tell me what trade you're looking at this week. Oh, we're looking at Jordan Ricky out, break even a 51 on the bench. I don't want to lose too much cash on him. Bringing in Jared Anderson or Isaac Tago. I haven't worked out which one. These guys are just dual position nuffs who will never see the light of day in my side, but we'll give me the chance to loop and move some players around via trades. Uh, we're bringing in Matt Mo- Sorry, we're trading out Matt Moylan and bringing in Jerome Luai. Mate, Jerome Luai, it's a juicy matchup coming tonight, isn't it? Juicy matchup this week, juicy matchup next week for the next eight weeks or so. He's got a fantastic draw. Uh, I had a bit of cash in the bank, which uh, left, let me get the trade. I only got 900 bucks or something now left in the bank. But uh, yeah, trades to the future. The team's going to look pretty pretty good. We're starting to build that dream for 17, as we discussed last week. Mate, will you be looking at a VC or C coming from tonight's game? Uh, definitely, mate. I think I'm going to be chucking the VC on the new recruit, Jerome Loy. I think I'm going to leave the captaincy on David Fafita and then just sort of hope. I've now got some options to loop. Last week, for example, I had the VC on David Fafita and had no chance of looping. I had all my guys playing. So that kind of hurt a little bit, but Pappy scored 115 or so, so I'm not going to be too upset with that. Mate, what about that performance from David Fafita? That was unreal. It's, um, I think you and I discussed in this round one or two. It's like it's like giving the, the kid, the best kid in your under six to send the ball and just saying run, especially that tap. When he ran over <laughs> that the top tap of was ridiculous, wasn't it? That was he, he, he just said, I'm 10 meters out, give me the ball, no one's going to stop me. And then, yeah, just made Connor Watson look silly. Uh, made I think it was Blake Green as well look pretty silly. So it's, um, yeah, unfo- unfortunate for them, but for Fafeta owners, they really reap the rewards. Fuck, I've been Connor Watson a few times in my career, just quietly. I have been resold to the nth degree, mate. Oh, good God. Mate, uh, one big uh, one big thing to come out of Teamless Tuesday, of course, Jacob Little. Now, if you're an owner of Jacob Little, is this guy a sell? Is he a hold? How are you looking at it? And I think it's it's harsh on Little. People, people are going to say it's harsh because he's a great attacking outlet, but I think he's the third worst defender in the NRL based on missed tackles. So, look, it's not easy being a Tigers hooker, having middle forwards just run at you all day. So you're going to miss a few, but... Jake Simpkins a gun. Like, you know this. I know this. I think he's the leading try scorer in New South Wales Cup, being a hooker. So he's going to provide a fair bit of attacking output. Got a great running game. I would be holding off bringing Simpkin in, and I'd also be holding off trading Little out. I think people are going to have more pressing issues. Same as someone like a Tessie New. I've got him on that borderline between buy and, and uh, sorry, between sell and hold. They're not playing this week, so they're not going to lose money. But if you need someone to fill that spot, like if you don't have a reserve, then I can understand a world where you trade them out. Mate, uh, Jacob Little, not ideal this week. A guy that did get a big win out of this Tiger side is, of course, Stefano. He will be starting. And with Ryan James and a couple of other guys that will uh, be on most people's benches not playing, it's a big win for us, isn't it? It is. uh, It'll look doom and gloom. I look to have pretty ordinary reserve options this week. But Stefano gets the start. Uh, Hopefully, he puts out a good output. Zane Musgrove makes way. So, not too sure what the minutes that Madge is going to use him for. If he can play 45 minutes or so, he's got a a decent enough PPM to get us over that 50-point mark. And that's all we need from from big Stefano. Mate, tell me about Connor Watson. Uh, Moving back to 13 this week, scored a 52 last week at playing 5-8. I probably didn't think he was going to score that high, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Coming in at 474K right now, is he a guy we need to start thinking about selling? I think so. I think I think this might, might be the last week for, for Connor Watson, and it's hard for me to say that, knowing how much I love the bloke. But a break-even of 68. Look, if he scores 60 this week, that's fine. It's 500 points for... It's $500 per break-even points. That's about 4K that he's going to lose, which is nothing. But 
if he was named at 5'8 this week, I think it's 100% a sell. But moving back to 13, I think we can give him one more week and be a decent reserve option, and then we can move him on. Mate, Mitch Barnett, another one of our favourites this season. I uh, had the goal kicking early. He's now lost that to KP. Uh, Fitzgibbon, he is on his way back into this squad. What do you see uh, with Barnett over the next few weeks? We touched on this before we started recording, mate. It's a big ripple effect, isn't it? So if, if Fitz comes back, does he play in the back row? Does Barnett move to 13? What happens with Connor Watson? What happens with Sawaso Sue? Uh, I think it's a wait and see as to how he's going to be used. Look, Barnett looked great on the weekend with Kalen Ponga linking up on that left edge. So I want to give them another week, let KP come back into his own a little bit. But look, I think the time might be coming to a close for Barnett. The big problem with him, though, is there's no... I guess people that are knocking the door down to pick him up. Like you've got Tohu Harris, you've got Jazz Tavanga, you've got Luciano Lelua, and that's really about it That for, for guys that are really standing themselves as guys that could be there in your final 17. So yeah, I'd, I'd be holding Barnett until someone really makes themselves look available. Mate, a guy probably in a similar boat, obviously Dale Finucane coming back over the next few weeks is Christian Welsh. Is he a hold at the moment? I think, yeah, I think so. I haven't looked at his break even before he started. You chucked him on the spot there, but I don't imagine it's too high considering he's got 100 in that rolling average. So when that 100 drops out of his rolling average, which will be in two weeks, that's, I think, the perfect time to sell him before that break even gets too high. Minutes get weird. Harry Grant, will, I'm sure, will be starting very, very soon. Brendan Smith goes back to a, a utility role. And, and as we said, Dalvin Nikane will come back from that hamstring injury. Mate, a, uh, a second row forward that I've had since day dot, uh, he was a little bit disappointing in the early weeks. I was very high on him. I know a lot of people are talking about him now, as, of course, Luciano Leilua. He sort of, sort of found his feet a little bit over the last few weeks. What are, you, what are your thoughts on him? I'm looking at getting Luci in probably for one of my cheapies, someone like a, a Moses, uh, sorry, someone like a Spencer Lenu or a Stefano Twimikano, um or Tino if he continues to, to fail. I could look at bringing... Luciano in. He obviously plays that first bye, which is great. Tigers have a pretty good draw coming up too. And he's going to be one of those guys in your second row that could be a real X factor for your team. If you've got some safe, consistent 60, sorry, some safe, consistent 70 point scorers, you can chuck Luciano in there who might get you 50 or, or 110. Mate, if you don't have Sam Walker this week, he's an absolute must buy, right? Yeah, I think a lot of people started him preseason. And then a lot of people would have jumped on him after seeing the first two games he played. So if you don't have him, you've got you've had two weeks to look at him. I'm sure you like what you see. Uh, he's going to make 100 to 140k this week, depending on what he scores. But yeah, look, definitely definitely be bringing Sam Walker in. Throw some other names of us made of cheapies that you think are buys this week. Uh, I think you can take your choice out of Jackson Tapine or Ben Condon. I've been pretty open about my thoughts on Condon. I know you're a big fan of him uh, in actual footy sense, but. He's just not doing enough for me in Supercoach sense um, just to warrant being picked. I also already own Jackson to Pine, so I don't want two of those uh, bottom price sort of plotters. My plan is to have to Pine and, and sell him on for Sean Bloor, who isn't too far away, we, as we know. Uh, another guy in that second row that we haven't touched on, um, Sifatalakai, if he gets a start coming back. So I touched on my podcast now is the time, if you're going to be bringing players in, ask yourself why you're bringing them in. Um, are they there to make cash? Are they there to, to be there for the end of the season? So my biggest bit of trade advice, if you're going to bring a guy in, um, just say to yourself, what's the time frame of him in my squad? Is it five weeks? Is it the season? Is it something in between? So yeah, look, when you're picking these cheapies, don't expect them to have huge output. The only reason I like to pine over Condon is the fact that Josh Jackson is out with that injury. So that might see some more minutes open up for him. Mate, uh, if you are a Tig Wilton owner, obviously he's been sensational the last two weeks. You've seen Sifatalakai named on the bench. Does it get you a little bit nervous? 
I think you've got one more week of being a, a, a Wilton owner, and then it's probably time to cut ties. Um, if not for Talakai, then obviously for Wade Graham coming back as well. But Wade Graham's only only a, a paintbrush stroke across the head for being out for a couple more weeks. Mate, this week, a lot of vice-captain and captain options. Obviously kicking off tonight with the Penrith Panthers against the Brisbane Broncos. I'm sure you're looking at the two halves here. The two halves and the and the gorgeous winger on the uh, on the end of that left hand side. I rank them in order of Luai, Cleary, Toto, just because I think Toto is a safe sixty. He's going to need three or two two three tries with some attacking stats to be a viable loop option. As I've said to you in private messages, mate, one hundred and thirty is probably the cutoff for looping. Um, but I feel like Luai and Cleary can do less and, and score the same. If that makes sense, they can lay on a few more tries and maybe score one themselves rather than Toto relying so heavily on tries not saying he's not going to do it against this Broncos side but um, I think I'm going to rank the two halves above Toto but he's definitely a good X factor and then we we can move into the Knights game if you've jumped on Kalen Ponga early I think he's a great option this week for the VC uh, David Feet is another one but a sneaky pod option that I said to you before uh, Valentine Holmes from the Cowboys against the Bulldogs this week obviously we saw a really high scoring affair last week with the Tigers and the Cowboys so I expect much of the same I think Holmes is going to be in there pretty pretty heavily but we obviously also look at that Tigers South game with Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell so a fair few options this week compared to last week I think Pat Housen was the standard option last week um, notice I haven't gone near him or Teddy this week based off that really tough matchup they've got yeah, so obviously, mate, your Friday night Storm Roosters, probably the game of the week. That's just a complete avoid for you. Yeah, look, I wouldn't. If you own Pap and Teddy, I wouldn't be too stressed. It's one game, but uh, it's probably too risky to to put a captaincy on, on a back in order for them to score big. Mate, uh, the biggest worry for me coming out of last week, and uh, we, we haven't touched on this yet, obviously, Ryan Pappenhausen, he seemed to get three or four updates that had massive swings. Uh, it's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it makes it hard for... If you had the VC on Pappenhausen, for example, it makes it really hard because he finished the game at about 128, upgraded to 147, but then downgraded back to like 115 or something like that. So if you were looping Pap and saw that the 114 was an update, you'd maybe... The way that they've done it this year is one update and it's final. So if you looked at the 147 and thought, geez, we're, we're locked in here, uh, and then saw it go down to one. 18 you'd probably be a little bit disappointed so that, that what's that's what makes looping so hard and there's been some inconsistencies with the scoring this year in terms of when they're being done i liked the first three weeks that the, the, the super coach guys did uh it looked like no games were final until lockout um no updates were done until until the end of the end of the round all in one batch so i think i personally prefer that approach but um, yeah, just be careful with with updates and looping and whatnot it really is a worry though that you know if it was Oh, geez, I don't know. If it was just a random player like like a Brad Parker, I'm sure they don't get three or four looks at their updates. It really does say something about the top shelf stars in our game, doesn't it? As far as super coach scoring goes, yeah. Me and the other podcast guys touched on this as well. Like it, it makes it hard to pick pods, doesn't it? If this is the case, that's going to be done. Like if these mainstream players are going to get looked at and scrutinised pretty heavily, like what use is it for? Um, for someone like myself, for example, that owns Dane Gagai, that, look, he got a fair bit of updates last week, but what if he was just swept under the rug, you know, like uh, some things go missing here. So I, I think we all just want a little bit of clarity and a little bit of line in the sand. We don't care how it's done. We just want some, some understanding of, of how, of, of how and, and when it's going to be final.
Mate, oh, I think the, the best example of it is over at the Penrith Panthers. You look at their halves, and Nathan Cleary, I feel like they look for points for him constantly. Jerome Luai, it's the other end of the scale. They can quite often miss things with Luai, and I obviously had him in draft last year, so I, I you know I copped it firsthand there. Now that he is becoming more prominent and people are looking at him for classic, I think his profile is rising and people are starting to notice, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we call it junk time points, and, and these are guys that just get points at the last 10 minutes of the game, and Cleary seems to be one of those that just seem to be... One of those? Uh, He's the king. Just just plucking points out of, out of nowhere. Like, and uh, As an owner, I'm not going to say no, obviously, and I'm sure everyone owns him, but what happens if, if like I said, we, we do it for a non-popular player, we do it for a guy that's 3 or 4% owned, and, and you lose your head-to-head matchup by, by 10 to 20 points when, when updates clearly weren't done for them, so... Yeah, it's, it's tough, but I don't understand how we can go from 120 with Pap, update him to 147, then go down to 115. Like, that doesn't make sense in my head. Mate, the last thing I want to ask you about, and it comes back to this avoid game, the Storm v. the Roosters. I think I know the answer, but uh, Sam Walker over the last few weeks, he's been sensational. His scores have been great at the end of the game. Uh, we know that last weekend, you know, if the game would have finished at the 60th minute mark, he was in a bit of Barney rubble. Are you looking at playing him this week, or is he in the avoid for you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I played in the first week, didn't play him last week, so I thought the Sharks would get the job done and, and they looked to get the job done with the last 10 minutes and then Sam Walker turned on some individual brilliance. But I, um, yeah, I'm not looking at Sam Walker this week. I think it's going to be, I said this on my podcast, this screams of like a 10-8 type game and with very limited ta- attacking opportunities. Although the Roosters are depleted, I don't think Trent Robinson's going to let them roll over for this game. Mate, uh, it's been a chaotic week down in Cronulla. Obviously, Johnny Morris has left. Craig Fitzgibbon, he'll be coming in next year. You've got Josh Hannay coaching for the rest of the year. I think he referred to himself as a night watchman last night, which I absolutely love. I think that's great. As far as these Sharks players go, I mean, you've got Sean Johnson returning soon. You've got Ty Wilton. A lot of guys have him. A lot of people eyes on Sifa Talakai. Are you a bit worried that things could change here? Um, yes and no. I don't think Ben Hanna is going to try and Ben Hanna. I don't think Josh Hanna is going to try and reinvent the wheel too much. Be uh, interesting side of Ben Hanna was coaching, wouldn't it? Jeez, I don't think there. he's going to. <laughs> I don't think he's going to reinvent the wheel too much. Um, as for SJ coming back off an Achilles injury, I had uh, Brian Seedy, aka the NRL physio, on my podcast. We touched on this injury as to how it's going to affect SJ moving forward, and it's more for that explosive power. But I guess we're looking at the way they're going to play, aren't we? It's going to be interesting to see who makes way for um, for SJ. I think it's very, very tough to drop young Will Kennedy um, the way that he's been playing. But I think Matt Moylan's also done a very solid job. So it's going to be very interesting to see who makes way for, for SJ coming back. Mate, you said this to me about three or four weeks ago that you thought Will Kennedy would stay and Matt Moylan would go. And I just thought, oh, no, experience will keep him in it. But, geez, if Will Kennedy isn't a top ugh, eight fullback in our game right now, I'll give it away. I think he's been sensational. He's been he's been phenomenal. Like uh, I owned him in classic last year and did wonders for me. Um, obviously only a fullback this year, so couldn't pick him up. But yeah, look, he's on the end of everything for the for the Sharks. He's just the last out of hands that touched it, scoring a lot of super coach points. And yeah, look, I think people are running with the idea of maybe dropping Tedesco for a Will Kennedy to free up a lot of cash and, and potentially upgrade your squad, which I don't hate. I've made it pretty known. Uh, I always death ride Teddy. So yeah, I mean Will Kennedy's doing wonders. But if you're Matt Moylan, you get dropped. You just got to think, shit, like what more do I have to do? I've come back from um, uh, a recurring injury and played some of my best footy in the last five years and I get dropped. So it just shows you the, the class of uh, the Sharks. I think they're playing very, very well this year. I think Bomber Morris has been absolutely thrown under the bus and his pants pulled down. And mate, that's exactly it. Moylan's playing great, but the reality is Will Kennedy's just playing better. It's uh, it's, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow for Moyser. 
And another man that we're not talking about, Chad Townsend as well. Like, I think he's done his job exceptionally well uh, with Sean Johnson not being there. Look, I touched on him in the preseason. I thought he was a, a great buy for Classic for the first five rounds, and he's paid dividends as well. Like, he's uh, put up some great scores and done more than what's been asked of him, I feel. And, mate, the other guy on this side who, you know, the music's going to stop in a few weeks, he probably won't have a seat, is Connor Tracy. I think he's been unreal this season. I don't see how he doesn't have a spot. I mean, it's pretty easy to shift Dugan to the wing and and, and bin Harati off and, and leave Connor Tracy there. For a guy that isn't a um, a natural centre, I think he's playing well. We've obviously got guys like uh, Braden Trindle as well who lit up the trial. So half depth for the Sharks, I think, is is not an issue at all. And it's uh, not a bad time to to be a coach of, of the Sharks with, with this really nice squad they've got. Whisper, mate, are you confident you can crack into the top 1,000 this week? Oh, yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to be confident. We've just got to get the right captain choice and we've just got to get a couple of pods to to crash over the white line and we should be there or thereabouts. Mate, fingers crossed I'm able to join you next week. Have a cracking weekend. We look forward to talking to you next week. Not a worry, mate. You too.